Hello everyone. Welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast Series. In this podcast, we will talk about gout and calcium pyrophosphate deposition disease or CPPD. First, let's go over some definitions and epidemiology. Gout and CPPD or pseudogout are crystal deposition diseases in which the accumulation of such material causes damage to the joints and tissues. Gout is also known as monosodium urocrystal deposition disease. Gout is the most common form of inflammatory arthritis in the United States and it affects approximately 4% of the population. Uric acid comes from the metabolism of purines. The two main causes of hyperuricemia are overproduction and underproduction. Overproduction occurs in states of high cell turnover or increased consumption of uric acid sources and underexcretion occurs mostly in renal disease and diuretic use. In CPPD or pseudogout, calcium pyrophosphate crystals deposit in the joints and tissues. CPPD affects approximately 4-7% of adults in the United States, particularly the elderly. Most cases are idiopathic and risk factors include joint trauma, familial chondrocalcinosis, metabolic and endocrine diseases such as hyperparathyroidism or hemochromatosis. Number two, risk factors for gout and CPPD. The risk factors for gout can be divided into non-modifiable and modifiable. Non-modifiable factors include advanced age, male gender, ethnicity, particularly African-Americans, and genetic variants. Modifiable risk factors include hyperuricemia, obesity, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, cardiovascular disease, diabetes mellitus, chronic kidney disease, dietary factors such as diets rich in animal-based purines, sugar-sweetened drinks, alcohol intake, and finally medications altering urinary balance. Risk factors for CPPD as mentioned previously are mostly joint trauma, familial chondrocalcinosis, and metabolic and endocrine diseases. Three, let's talk about clinical manifestations. There are three clinical stages in the natural history of gout. First, the acute gout flare in which there is an acute and intense monoarticular inflammatory joint characterized by a red, hot, swollen, and very tender joint. The maximum severity of the flare is reached within 12 to 24 hours. The most affected joint is the great toe or the first metatarsophalangeal joint. This has been classically called podagra. However, other joints can be affected as well, such as the knee, wrists, fingers, shoulders, and others. Importantly, uric acid levels may be normal or even decreased during a gouty attack. The second stage of gout is the intercritical or between flare period and is usually asymptomatic. The third and final stage is the chronic gouty arthritis, antifacious gout, in which collections of uric crystals accumulate in the joints and cause chronic inflammation. Tophi are characteristic of gout and absent in pseudogout. CPPD has a broad disease spectrum, including asymptomatic disease, acute CPP crystal arthritis, chronic CPP arthritis, osteoarthritis with CPPD, severe joint degeneration, among others. During the acute phase, it is difficult to distinguish it from other inflammatory arthritis requiring joint fluid analysis for the differential diagnosis. Number four, diagnosis. 
Synovial fluid analysis is the principal method used to differentiate inflammatory arthritis, particularly gout versus pseudogout. In gout, monosodium urate crystals that are needle-shaped and negatively birefringent will be seen. In contrast, CPPD crystals tend to be rhomboid and positively birefringent. If the crystal diagnosis is not achieved, gout can be diagnosed by using a diagnostic tool that includes validated clinical, historic, or laboratory criteria. The American College of Rheumatology, or ACR, developed a clinical prediction rule for gout that includes serum uric acid more than 3.5, podagra, previous episodes of arthritis or joint pain, male sex, hypertension, or cardiovascular disease, joint erythema, and acute onset with maximal symptoms on day one. Each of these has a different score and it helps to classify the risk into low when it's less than 4 points, moderate between 4.5 and 7.5 points, and high more than 8 points. When a patient has a score of more than 8, which is high risk for gout, an arthrocentesis is not required for the diagnosis as long as there is low suspicion for other causes that will need to be ruled out. 5. Management. There are three components in the treatment of gout. First, treating the gouty attack. Second, prophylaxis. And third, urate-lowering therapy. There are several treatment options for treating gouty attacks. Oral medications such as non-steroidal anti-inflammatories or NSAIDs, steroids, and colchicine are the main therapeutic options. Colchicine is easy to use and is effective if used early in the attacks, which is usually less than 24 hours from the onset of symptoms. Avoid colchicine if there is a history of allergic reactions to colchicine or if there is renal and or hepatic impairment. NSAIDs can be effective as well. Avoid them when the EGFR is below 60, if there is hyperkalemia, peptic ulcer disease history, poorly controlled hypertension, moderate to severe or decompensated heart failure or cirrhosis, patients on anticoagulation or previous allergies to NSAIDs. Intraarticular steroids are a great option unless the patient does not agree with an injection, there is more than two joints affected, there is lack of expertise in administration, or if there is a suspected joint infection. We can also use systemic corticosteroids when patients are not candidates for intraarticular steroid administration or have contraindications to NSAIDs or colchicine. We should be careful with systemic steroids in patients with brittle diabetes mellitus that can develop severe hyperglycemia, recent surgery, or major trauma that could impair wound healing or concurrent infection. Urate-lowering agents can be used to diminish gout flares, resolution of TOFI, and improvement of patient physical function and quality of life. According to the 2020 ACR guidelines, urate-lowering agents are indicated in patients with two or more flares annually, toughy, or radiographic damage to the joints. Also, conditionally recommended in patients with infrequent but multiple flares, less than two a year, CKDA stage 3 and above, and uric acid levels above 9. Allopurinol is the first-line urate-lowering agent. Patients who are Chinese, Thai, Korean, or African-American, or other ethnicities with similarly increased risk for HLA B5801 genetic variant should be tested before administration of allopurinol. If the test is positive, allopurinol should not be used due to the risk of Steven Johnson syndrome or toxic epidermic necrolysis. Allopurinol should be renally dosed. 
When allopurinol cannot be used or is not tolerated, uricosuric agents or febuxostat can be considered. Peglotikase is another option, particularly for patients with treatment refractory gout. The goal of therapy is a uric acid level below 6 mg over deciliter. Colchicine is recommended as prophylaxis when initiating a uric-lowering agent to prevent flares at initiation of therapy. Uric-lowering agents can be started during a gouty attack as long as an acute therapy is also being used. Importantly, patients should be counseled in lifestyle modifications including cessation of alcohol use, weight loss, and avoidance of foods rich in purines such as shellfish, oily fish, red meat, high fructose products, and sweetened drinks. In general, treatment of CPPD is similar to that of acute gout. However, urine-lowering agents are not indicated in CPPD. Options for the chronic CPP crystal disease include NSAIDs, colchicine, corticosteroids, hydroxychloroquine, and methotrexate. Thank you for listening and we will see you in our next episode.